In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Texas. It was a good time in Texas. It was two good games. World Series. Let's go. Now we're on to Arizona. In case you don't know, the World Series tied at 1-1. That's Joe Davis on the call for the clincher. The clincher in terms of game two. The Arizona Diamondbacks with a pretty impressive performance. Now you get to game three. Brandon Fott versus Max Scherzer in Arizona. Once again, so far, so good. It's been a fun, good World Series. And I'm not only saying that because I was there, because my my iPhone just gave me a notification that I had a noise problem. I love that. If, they, if you're at a sporting event and your phone alerts you that you have a noise problem, you know you're in a good place. Noise notification. Who know? All right. Well, I don't know if you know this. But baseball isn't boring, could land in the Hall of Fame when this is all said and done. So what am I talking about? Well, some knew, and others didn't, that in Game 2, prior to Game 2, for the first time, a Major League manager wore a baseball isn't boring sticker on the inside of his hat. Well, what happens when that happens? The manager wins. It's science. Go back and look at the video of Tori Lovello's first act, on the podium following the Diamondbacks game two win. What does he do? Well, he looks into his hat to make sure the baseball isn't boring reminder is firmly implanted. Well, it was. Go look at at BB isn't boring on the Twitter account, on the socials, on the Instagram for proof. We'll have that. We have that video up. Tori gets to the podium. Boom. Looks into his hat. You know what's there? Reminder, baseballs and boring. Sticker firmly implanted. So later on, after the podium, Diamondbacks were loading up to go to Arizona. And Lovello and Diamondbacks GM Mike Hazen, who also, by the way, carried a baseballs and boring sticker in his front breast pocket of his jacket for game two, which will be there for game three. And Hall of Fame representative John Chestakowski gathered to reflect on the good luck charms. For game two. The reminder for all, especially John, was if the Diamondbacks do find themselves winning a world championship with Lovello's hat remaining the same, baseball isn't boring, has to be represented in Cooperstown. Has to be. You get the artifact. You get the story. It's part of baseball lore. Well, we'll see what happens. By the way, in that same post-game get-together, Hazen was adamant that Lavello keep that sticker in his hat. Why? Because the GM is super superstitious. Not a little stitious. And not even superstitious. But super superstitious. So I caught up with Hazen to talk about his quote-unquote routines. Diving into what it's like to live as a World Series GM. Especially a super superstitious one. Along the way, in this podcast... The tradition of Chris Mad Dog Russo's quote-unquote bet. Hazen also makes his own bold retirement proclamation that involves this very podcast. A reminder to everybody, 
FanDuel.com slash boring. FanDuel.com slash boring. If you want to get in on the fun, the action, the free money on free money on top of free money, FanDuel.com slash boring. Also, I mentioned it before, socials at BB isn't boring. Twitter account, Instagram account. Producer Evan doing an outstanding job. It's so fun, man. It makes the whole experience better. Go to at BB isn't boring. By the way, on at BB isn't boring, a great picture of Tommy Pham wearing a t-shirt that David Ortiz gave him. And Tommy was so, so happy. Tommy Pham, the winner of World Series so far. That's a whole nother thing. And if you want to go listen to Tommy Pham, by the way, on the podcast, go back a couple days. He was really good, really insightful. All right. Perfect way to get ready for Game 3. This is the perfect way. We also... In this podcast, after my case, I want to give you a feel-good conversation, catching up with Arizona closer Paul Seawald to get the idea of how he feels about getting the final out of the season. We've talked about this with relievers. We talked about it with Evan Phillips, the Dodgers. Uh, obviously, Daniel Hudson, who has done it. Uh, so, Kenley Jansen, who this is all he wants to do. What does Paul Seawold think about it when... He Im- has that image in his head because it could be him. Yeah, he had a tough first game, but it could be to him. It could be, be Jose DeClerc. So who knows? I mean, who knows? But it's a great conversation. Also in the Seawald conversation, we ask him what he did with his $1,000 signing bonus. Yes, he was signed for $1,000. All right. But first, Mike Hazen returns. Every time we do a podcast, good things happen to you. So this is the start here. What? did you do today this is so this is leading into game one and we've talked a little bit about your clothes in october and everything else but we'll take a little bit deeper dive tell me about your day like what a game one world series gm does uh a superstitious one what do you do so when you started asking that question you said good things happen like was that a humble brag for you that the reason that good things happen is because of you yes and i go on this podcast yes so I'll have yeah. you on this podcast in perpetuity? Yes. Oh, can we talk about ketchup chips again? Yeah, we can do whatever you want. Oh, great. I mean, my poor if, if, you do not, if you don't win, what are you going to retire from? <laughs> Your podcast. Uh, all right. All right. So let's, let's put it. If you do... If you so, if you win, I will go on your podcast anytime you ask. Me. Anytime, anytime. If you win, middle of the night, long road trip after losing seven in a row. Yes. Okay. If we lose, that's it. This is it. This is hey. this is it. All right, I'll, I'll take I'm that. I'm retiring from your podcast. <laughs> if you lose, don't cut that right in the middle. It'll be really I'm bad. Not... <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Good. Listen, that's listen. I like that. Uh, now, now I have to. Now, 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 now to your question. Oh, okay, yeah. So I work out in the gym the same way. What time? Seven a.m. Every time. No, not at the same time. Whenever I wake up. Okay. So that part. You, you do like you do the you, same workout, listen you, to the same music. Yes, every time. Traps. 
no traps. I, I'm weak. I get a big lower half, right? Oh. I'm a little thick. I'm kind of pear-shaped. All right, yeah. all right. So, so, but more importantly, same routine and same music. Same music, same album, same everything. And then, and then I come to the ballpark in the first bus with the staff, and I, I, I change my jacket for every series, but I've washed all the same shirts. I would have worn the same pair of pants for every game. I have the same pair of shoes for every game. I wear the same pair of socks every game. Let's go back to the music. Eye of the Tiger? No, Morgan Wallen's long see a new uh, album that came out this uh, over and over and over again. And did you start that in the playoffs? No, I started that in the regular season. Okay. Yeah, this all started a long time ago. Okay. It's a continuation of that. All right. Why am I going to change it now? No, I, there's no reason to. What? So you work out in the morning, and then take me through the rest of the morning. You don't. Have to, you don't have to Jeez. do this. I mean, what, what kind of podcast is this, Rob? Um, you know, I don't eat lunch. I eat at the ballpark. I like yeah. to. I like to hang out with the coaches and with Tori, and we talk a lot about the game and things like that. And then I like being out here for BP and being around with the players. And then. And then, you know, at some point we'll go to a suite somewhere and I'll start pacing. So talk to him about watching the game. It's not fun. Nobody likes to be around me. No. No. Do you, do you do it solely in the box? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't do it in the stands. I can't sit still. So I have to walk around. And then I find different places to sit, different ways I watch, either on TV or watch it live, depending on how it's going. The other day I sat in the seats in the second inning. Boom. Tommy Pham hit a bomb. Boom. Gurriel hit another bomb. So I sat in that seat for a couple innings. That didn't work, and I abandoned that plan. Wait. A seat in the stands? No. In the, in the suite. Oh, out oh, front. Oh, okay. usually I'm just standing and walking around. Okay. Okay, but I was like, forget this. My feet hurt, and I want to sit down. How about when you get closer, when you got down to the end of the end of the bit? Oh, where were you? I, I was in Tori's office in the bathroom. I had headphones on because I didn't want to. Oh, you were like Billy Bean, like I, in Moneyball. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't watch. Really? No, I, I told Mike Fitzgerald. So uh, what we had been doing in the entire playoffs is top of the ninth inning, we would head down, and we would watch the bottom on TV in the clubhouse. After, with, after the sixth, seventh, the other night, I was like, I, I, I'm not going to make it. I can't do this. I'm going to go hide. Uh, tell me what happens. Come find me. Wait, so, yeah, yeah. you're in the bathroom, and you have headphones on. Are you listening to the game? No, I'm watching the game on the GameCast. But if you li- if you don't have headphones on, you hear the crowd. And so when they cheer, you don't know if it's good or bad. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. so it gives you jolts of anxiety. So I, I, I don't want to hear anything. But in the Philly clubhouse, you can hear the stands. Okay. So when the final out's made, you're still in the bathroom. No, I cheated. I came out. I couldn't do it. It was going too long. So then I, I had to watch out, and I walked out and was. I saw the guys. I saw the guys in the food room, and I, they were watching the TV, so I was just watching them. I think it was Merrill Kelly and Mantiply, and I was watching them, and they looked pretty excited, so I felt okay. And then they started jumping around, and then Fitz tackled me around the corner. Oh, really? That yeah. was it? Yeah, that was it. So, but now this World Series is a whole other level. Were you like this in, your, in the last World Series you were in? No. Because you were you were in a different job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, no. Yeah. Uh, The 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 neurotic behaviors have amplified as I've gotten older. Okay. Yeah, it's not getting better. It's getting worse. What's the what's the what's the thing that you haven't mentioned is the worst for you? The most neurotic thing that you do. I don't, I don't. I. I mean, that, that's the gist of what I do. I don't. I don't throw anything. I no, don't, no, no. I'm just talking about like in life. You know, it's like rides in cars. 
Yeah. Oh, what do I get anxiety about? No, no. What? 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 Are you, what superstitious? Like OCD stuff. You know? no, I'm only superstitious about baseball. That's it. That's it. Okay. Oh yeah. Everything else, I'm good. Oh, you got it. Yes. <laughs> it's just this. No, no OCD. Um, other than this. Yeah. Lots. All right. And so, again, World Series. Does it feel? You feel like it's more at stake in terms of executing your your, your plans? I am great right now. Yeah, because you're doing this podcast. <laughs> Two hours from now, I'm probably going to have sweat through my jacket already. Yeah. And you're giving me crap about my clothes. Yeah. I mean, like... Well, I should. I mean, so... When... When you, when you again when you when you wake up when you're working out this morning do you feel first of all do you sleep I sleep up until and before game one okay and then depending on what happens tonight we'll change the rhythm well when you get blown out in game two oh, right? that's ridiculous why are you gonna get blown out in game two no no I didn't say you're <laughs> getting blown out <laughs> I said when you oh, when we got blown out yeah that was a tough plane ride back yeah yeah did you sleep no yeah that's a tough one you're, making, tough. you're trying to figure it out yeah right? well there's nothing to figure out anymore yeah but you're, you're trying still to trying to out, figure it out you're trying to map out ways that you're going to come back from down 2-0 okay so when you again when you wake up and you work out I and to Morgan Wallen do you, do you crack it up to 11 where it was 10 and, and the NLCS you know has everything amplified are you bench pressing 300 pounds I, I do this in April for a regular season no, I know but this yeah, is so no it doesn't amplify this is I'm at DEFCON 10 yeah. from the start to the finish yeah. in every game okay like I feel the same level of anxiety do people feel uncomfortable around you I, oh, no they, they I'm yelling Fitz I'm going to shut up oh, no. just shut up and go away like tell you lower the heart rate no 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 they know they know that, no. they, that that's not gonna happen the last thing is besides the fact that we've made maybe the most polarizing and, and, and popular bet in the history of the postseason are you having fun like this please tell me you're having some fun this is incredible it's so much fun the games the games aren't as fun no, no. that's alright it comes with the territory like my kids love the games yeah. and I love that yeah. that's good enough for me yeah and listen you're playing you're playing in I don't know it's, it's October 27th that we're playing a baseball game you're going to play in November I say, I say that all the time it's October 27th that we're playing a baseball game yes I, I have the perspective of where we are and how special this is it doesn't change the terror of the actual game okay. that's why I'm, I'm where I should be a football field away from the dugout okay so last year on Twitter you probably saw it because you follow me but it was uh, I said if Kyle Schwarber steals a base I will buy all of America tacos I said that I tweeted it out an hour later he stole a base Taco Bell retweeted me so I was the only one Taco Bell retweeted and then I put up a picture of America Ferrera, the actress, and I said, congratulations, oh, America. That's so weak. Okay, well, do you want to... I mean, by the time people listen to this, they've already done it, but you can document, like, do you, do you have a guess? Like, do you have... 
Wait, I have to make like a no, 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 no. Don't let me do that. Oh. Ask, uh, this is what I ask you. Will you take advantage of the free taco? Will Mike Hazen, boss of the Arizona Diamondbacks, take advantage of the free taco? I don't think that's gambling. I don't think that's gambling. What's the? I don't understand the question. Oh, you don't know? So you know that whoever if whoever steals a base, once someone steals a base, Taco Bell gives America free taco. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, you did? I didn't. Oh yeah, that's why. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I always eat tacos. Right. Everyone eats tacos. Okay. But I buy my tacos. All right. So who's who would who's gonna steal the base? I mean, our entire lineup could steal a base. You, who the first one is to steal the base? Yeah, first one gets the, the credit for buying America's tacos. Last year, it was Kyle Schwarber. Right, so I'll say Gabby Moreno. Oh, how about that one? I mean, that's a good one. Why? Because he's fast. Right. I tell you, I'm going to say this: if Gabby Moreno steals a base, I will buy America tacos. This is this is weak. This is weak. You better pony up the glue to do that. What do you want me to do? You want me to retire from something? <laughs> no, you're good. You stay in your job. I'm, yeah. Now. All right, all right, thank you. There you go. There you have it, Mike Hazen. Yeah, the, the stolen base thing already came and went, but so be it. But the bet, oh my goodness. Talk about a retirement bet. Forget about Mad Dog. That is the retirement bet. The Diamondbacks win, then you're talking about me calling Mike Hazen in the middle of the night saying, let's go, let's do a podcast. If the Diamondbacks lose, well, we got other GMs to talk to, but we'll miss Hazen. Anyway... Now, the guy who is the closer for the Diamondbacks is a great story and had a rough, rough outing that first game. Man, like that was, that was a dagger for the Diamondbacks, no question about it. But still, a great story nonetheless. Paul Seawalt, who was traded at the deadline, had really secured or, or fortified that Diamondbacks bullpen, made a huge, huge difference, and I would imagine is going to be bouncing back. But this is a great story, a 10th round pick. By the Mets in the 2012 draft, $1,000 signing bonus, as you're going to hear. $1,000 signing bonus, and makes his way to become closer in the World Series, where we can actually ask him if he thought about that final out, getting that final out of the World Series. It's, it's some great stories, these closers. Like we had Evan Phillips on before, his story, his path, all of it. You know, it's, it's, so, it's a very real thing about the great baseball dream, getting that final out. Well, Paul Seawald's in the conversation, and he's also part of that great baseball dream. Here you go. Here's Paul Seawald. So just, you know, you look at your journey and, and $1,000 signing and, and everything about it. I know you've probably been asked this along the way, but as you sit here doing media day, it must, has it sunk in for you? None of this has sunk in. Um, you know, two and a half months ago, I was playing for an American League team. So uh, a World Series representative from the National League, I haven't processed any of this. So just trying to take it all in day by day and enjoy it. When when you're a kid and you see, uh, you watch the World Series, I would imagine when you're a kid, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Everyone does, right? So when you see that and you see the final out, I mean, this could, I've asked guys this, like being that guy of the reaction tied to Daniel Hudson throwing his glove and, and you had a, a taste of it the other day. Yeah. Have you thought about that moment at all? I mean, not, I mean, I've thought about it a million times, but I guess I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to, you know, just if I get the opportunity to do that, just let my body do what it's going to do and my emotions go and um, just want to celebrate with my friends more than anything. Is that, is that the feeling? You Obviously, you had a little taste of it the last game. Is that, was it what you thought it would be? Yeah, just a sense of relief every time, you know, just to know that I don't have to face any more guys because obviously the longer I'm out there, the better chance they have coming back. So, um, 
just trying to get it over as quickly as possible so then the game's over and we can get that win. So uh, just a sense of relief has been the last few last few uh, series more than anything. I'm curious about the shirt that you're wearing. I mean, I know it's, been kind, of come, it's kind of become a bit of a mantra. I mean, what, what, what does it kind of mean for the guys in front of It doesn't mean anything. It's just a funny shirt that has really no saying at all that I can't really figure it out. Just um, They told me I had to wear something for for the Diamondbacks, so I put this on real quick. That's pretty much it. But I think it's funny. It's just uh, just representative of how you know we came back, I guess, in Game Three, Four, and Five at home, and and uh, gave us a chance. Which D backs player do you think would be most afraid of a real life snake? I mean, I wouldn't want to mess with a snake, so I guess I'll, I'll just say it myself, probably. <laughs> How's your interaction with French Strong since you came? Stealing questions. Yeah. Um, it's been great. He just, idea. you know. Um, He's just been around this game so long, and he has, you know, such a reputation of trying to help people. And, and um, I feel like we've all kind of come together at the very last minute when it's when it matters most. I think that's a testament to everybody in our pitching pitching group, our run prevention group, as they like to call them. That um, as a group, let's figure out, you know, what everyone needs to uh, to be the best that they can be. And, and I feel like we've done a really good job of making that reach its peak here in October. What makes Brent such an effective pitching coach? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, just this ability to to try things, I think, is, is really good. You know, so many coaches have, like, hey, this is how I think you should do things. And, you know, for the longest time I was put in that box. And, and like, I'm just I'm way over here in a completely different box. And, and so it takes getting out of our normal comfort zone of saying, like, this is what I've thought for 70 years, that this is how you're supposed to pitch. But, like, baseball today is different than it was two years ago or 10 years ago or 40 years ago and so everyone just has to evolve and I think he's not willing to he's not he's not uh, he's willing to evolve and try and figure out exactly what it is that like works best for Paul Sewald that works best for Kevin Ginkle that works best for Zach Gallant because like all three of us are so different if you give the same pitching advice to everybody like it just doesn't work and so I think that's he's come a long way in changing his philosophy over the course of his 50 years of coaching that like I'm sure he didn't have the same answers in, in the 80s that he has for us today. Can you explain what makes you out of the box and how he sort of navigated that when he first got in? Yeah, I just think, you know, for my whole career, my whole life, uh, I have no velocity, so make sure you throw the ball down and away, and, and you know, then we realize that, you know, if you would throw the ball up in the zone, it's going to work a lot better, and um, he's a huge proponent of, of rising fastballs and sweeper sliders, so um, he was very excited to have somebody who, that's how they get people out to come over, so um, I think he's really enjoyed the fact that I have that rising fastball that I'm not, a not afraid to throw inside and, and, you know, sweep it right off of that, so uh, he made a lot of people a lot of money in Houston doing that, and it's worked pretty well for me, too. Your evolution is taking you to a lot of different stages of your career. Yeah. Could you have imagined that it would have taken you to where you are right now? Especially no, with the postseason you, that you know, you've had. It just has been, it's been an incredible ride. It's just, uh, like I said, three months ago, I was playing for an American League team that I thought had a chance of coming here. So to be the National League representative in the World Series, it's been a, it's been quite a ride even just for this year. So um, at some point, I think, in November, I'll try and take a moment to try and take this all in and figure out exactly how we, how we got here. But right now, I haven't thought about it more than just excited for tomorrow. What made the transition for you work out so well? Coming, like you said, from the American League team to 
coming to here and not not skipping a beat, actually improving, you know, getting better almost as yeah. you went along. Um, you know, it took me a couple weeks to kind of really get my footing down. I, you know, I kind of underestimated how difficult that would be, kind of getting from a from a position in a spot that I was so comfortable that I had developed a really good routine that had, you know, turned my career around. Um, you know, it's just difficult. You know, you have new coaches, you have new catchers, you have new everything, and um, you know, first one didn't go nearly as well as we'd like to, but it got a lot better from there. And you know, it's just a testament. Getting Gabby back was obviously maybe one of the biggest things. Is that he's one of the best catchers in baseball, and getting him back there really has really has helped our our game plan gel. Where I, you know, I don't really have to think about what pitch he's calling. I know it's going to be the right one, and just have to throw that. So, uh, just getting getting with our whole run prevention team. They need to get to know me. I need to get to know them. And you know, like I said, I think we're finding our peak here in October, which is uh, when you need it the most. What's the feeling that you had getting one, two, three in the bottom of the ninth of the last two days? <laughs> just a sense of relief. Get there and get out of there as quickly as possible, and don't have to face the top of their lineup. Was my was my number one thought process. Uh, um, just making sure I didn't have to face Kyle Schwarber was probably yeah, my yeah, biggest I, motivation. I you guys went the last six in a row, so you wouldn't turn the lineup back over. That's what we're trying to do out there. That's what we're trying to do out there. You're, you know, I know what inning I'm pitching. I can kind of see who I'm going to face as the, as the game starts to lead up, and, and uh, that was a motivation for everybody to so, not face so the top. My lineup. biggest pet peeve in recent years has been two out, nobody on, and you walk, not you, but you guys walk the, 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 that, that hitter, and it turns the lineup around. I know this is going to shock you, but we don't try to walk people. I know. Nobody on. But that's not true. I guess I tried to walk Bryce in game three right. intentionally with nobody on, want, but that's not intentionally right. my goal to bring up the top of the lineup. But I've done a lot of talking with people asking why that happens, and I think Cranky gave me the best answer that it's the hardest to, out, out to get. Uh, the last out is always the hardest out, right? That's, you know, their backs are against the wall, and, and um, like I said, just a sense of relief that I got out of there unscathed is more than anything. So I was looking about what you guys have done, and it, to me, my last thought of it and research is that it's something like the 1969 Mets. Although the Mets had 100 wins, and then nobody expected them to win the World Series. They made two great teams to do it. Uh, you know, I don't remember anything else in the interim that, that replicates you you guys in that. I mean, there's been plenty of wildcard teams that have really, that have pulled through and won. You know, as soon as they went to the four wildcard teams, you just, you know, got to see a little more a little more of that uh, I think in 2014 where you know the Royals were I think they were like seven outs away from being eliminated in that wild card game and they went to game seven of the World Series and you know the Phillies last year were the sixth seed out of the National League and you know they went six games to the World Series so you know more teams you have in the in the playoffs the more opportunities there will be for a six seed or a five seed to kind of get to this point but um, you know we feel that we have earned the right to be in this in this series more than anybody I mentioned your great story in signing for $1,000. What did you do with $1,000? I put it in my bank account and pretended I didn't have it, just like I've done for every dollar yeah, I've, had, I've oh, made really? since then. I mean, can't really buy that much with $1,000 when you know your next paycheck is only $300. So, um, just trying to try to get Chipotle and, and, and you know, get nervous that you have to pay two fifty for guacamole when you're making that little. Well, what kind of challenge does it maybe pose for you that this Texas Rangers team is a little more familiar 
familiar with you than a lot of the other teams have faced. Yeah, there's uh, we have plenty of plenty of history with these guys. I've faced everybody in that lineup more than once, and um, you know they know what I have, and and uh, just gonna have to do the best that I can to disguise you know how I'm gonna get to the pitch I want to get them out with, and and it'll just come down to execution. I you know I've gotten everybody out over there, and everyone over there has hit a homer off me too. So it's just part of the execution thing, and um, we've played each other plenty of times. I've been in the stadium plenty of times. It'll be it'll be a test, and, and you know they just have an incredible lineup, and you know I have felt that they've been the best team in the American League the whole four months that I was in the American League, and it doesn't surprise me that they're here now. When when, when you don't get drafted out of high school, what was the mentality where you like, okay, I'm gonna go, keep playing, have fun, and you know, was there like a legit? Were you disappointed? Obviously, you're not disappointed. You know what I mean? What no, was your I mean, out of high school, I was you know an immature 17 year old kid that wasn't ready for that. I never even yeah, I mean, intended to sign. Um, this is all gravy. I you know I planned on having a plan B my whole life, and it was always going to go to college and, and play baseball as long as I could, and then you know get a regular job like everybody else. The fact that I haven't had to go to plan B at 33 is just uh, just a dream. And so um, yeah, the not getting drafted thing was like you know I wasn't that good and wasn't really expecting it, and you know not a big deal. I just planned on just planned on having a regular job at some point in my life anyway. I'm surprised that I haven't already. Well, plan B's down the road. Okay. Yes, I'm not worried about plan B anymore. Yeah, yeah, this is a pretty good plan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh,